This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. So I recently went out to Atlanta and Birmingham to check out a lot of my rentals. Stumbled upon a lot of private money lending deals out there. And I'll continue to get some more. So uh, you'll be seeing that in the email blast from the Hui Deal Pipeline Club email list so if you're not on there please go in there and sign up uh, but a lot of you guys have been asking what the heck these things are uh, you know they're not turnkey rentals again the, the term is private money lending pml the term i like to use so what is that it's a strategy that uh, there's a house flipper and the house flipper needs a bunch of money you know 100 200 000 to go out and acquire a home and some money for the repair the contractors and then to go and sell it so they get private money lenders, and this is where you come in as the investor and fund the project. You know, this is called a debt investment. So if you guys go back to Simple Passive Cash Flow 54, discuss the difference between the debt deal and equity deals. So this would be a debt deal. I think this is a pretty good strategy for first timers who have never done anything in real estate to get their feet wet. It's uh, also a good way to, if you guys have skeptic spouses or husbands out there, you know, do a project like this and then, you know, you'll get double digit returns coming in. Depending how you structure it, you know, something I try and do is I like to have the cash flow from a few months into the project to make sure that my borrower is at least alive and that they have the uh, banking system set up to do that. But they can see the checks coming in again and again. And they're like, okay, I get it. Like I see the mailbox money. So this might be a good way to take them down that slippery slope into getting more rental properties and doing bigger things. Anytime somebody wants to borrow money again, this private money lending component comes in and it's it's a step below hard money. I mean, hard money is somebody needs money real quick. They're going to be borrowing at pretty much usury rates and big fees. This is a step lower, usually in the low teens that you're getting back. And it could be a short term or long term play. Uh, anywhere from you know a few months to a year or even 18 months is some of the longer projects I've had. And it's a great strategy for the seller's market that we're currently in. I mean, there's really not too much deals out there. And frankly, funding is pretty easy to find. So, you know, as funding goes up and, you know, people have the liquidity to do things, the uh, returns on the deals aren't as great. And the returns on, on the deals are indicative of the risk in the project. There's just not much meat on the bones. I mean, I've talked about a lot on these multifamilies. It's like, how the heck are some of these people making money on this stuff? So you can get a private money lending deal in a couple of ways. You know, the first is a first lien, and that's where you are first in line to collect the the home, or you know, you're, you'll go on title on the property. And then next is the second lien, which you're second in line. Obviously, you want to be first in there. Uh, second lien is known as sloppy seconds and usually sloppy seconds is no good because it's hard to collect on your money and nobody likes to be sloppy. And, you know, with more risk comes more rewards. So the ranges I usually been seeing is 9 to 15% return on the first lien and on the second lien anywhere from like 10 to 20%. And as you can see, the ranges on these are very wide. It's all based on relationships and you want to know that these guys are proven and that at the end of the day, these guys can just default and then you have to go collect on the property. You know, 9 to 15% on the first and then 10 to 20% on the second. And there's a lot of ways you can cut and slice these with 
different fee structures, you know, sometimes they'll give you a lower rate, like a, you know, 8%, but then you'll get like a point or two at the end. Kind of depends, uh, you know, on the flipper strategy and, you know, how long are their flips normally take and, you know, obviously they're trying to build the terms best for them to incentivize them. A lot of times they would want the money to be in a bank account and then they don't start the interest until they close on the property. Those are the kind of the nuances. The next thing to look at when I, I look at these uh, private money lending deal and I start evaluating, is it worth it, is to look at the loan to value, the LTV that they're using to underwrite the deal. You know, with it being a seller's market and when people think that we're close to the top, you definitely don't want to be going anywhere near 70 to 75% loan to value. You want to be in that 50 to 60% range because that brings in the doomsday scenario. So if these house flippers, they default or they just disappear on you, you're put on title onto the property and you are in first lien position to go and take over the property. Or if you're doing a second, you're in the second position to do that. The mechanism there is if those guys disappear, you uh, do a deed and do. And I've, I've done one of these things and it's just not, not very fun to do. I mean, you've got to get a lawyer and you've not substantial costs, but it's a, it is a bit of a headache and it does take some time to go through the process but you do have recourse to come and get the property. And at that point, that headache is up to you. You either have to rent it out or you just have to liquidate it to another investor. You know, that's why you find the good people to work with. And I try my best to uh, vet the people that I work with, with good track records, but things do happen. So getting in the perspective of the home flipper, what they're doing is they're picking projects and they're going after properties that they can either fix to flip or fixed to turn into a rental property. And it's two different, totally different things. Sometimes they may need like about $50,000, dollars more for a retail buyer, you know, different countertops, floorings, just, just totally different. And, you know, you get, they've got to bring in a designer a lot of times to do that. The typical process for these flippers is to put all their budget onto a spreadsheet or however they do it and to put up all their line items for, you know, all the components of the rehab. And they're coming up with this loan to value costs. And a lot of times, and if you guys read a lot of out there on the education, there's a 70% rule that they like to follow. For them to make a profit, they need to purchase the property at a 70% what they can sell it for so that they can back out all their commissions and all the extra fees. This doesn't include costs for the materials and all the contractor costs. That's also stuffed in there too. So they've got that margin of safety, that 30%. But a lot of times things happen. I mean, I'm a construction engineer and usually we use 20, 25% on any project because things happen and there's always the unknown and unknowable. We talk a lot about syndications on this podcast, and most of the time, these offers are only for those with an accredited status per the rules of the SEC. Now sponsoring the Simple Passive Cashflow podcast is the American Homeowner Preservation Fund, a crowdfunding solution to the mortgage crisis in America, empowering investors to fund the purchase of distressed mortgages. The AHP fund aims to keep people in their homes by investing in notes. It's an opportunity to earn returns while feeling good about making positive social impact. You can start investing with a little $100. You can learn more at investinhp.com. And if you want the free Burn Zone book, please send me an email at lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. You as the investor just need to realize that, that this is what the home flipper is going through in their head. It's the, the way of underwriting a deal on your end. 
just looking at the rate of return that the the borrower is going to pay you is is just half the battle. It's a really subjective in evaluating these rates back because again you have to take into account what's the uh, project for. Is it a flip to uh, rental or flip to retail? If it's a flip to retail and they disappear, now you've got to either take it all the way and you know bring in the extra rehab. That's extra risk for you. Again, you get to partake in the upside. But you know if it's a flip to a rental, which this is the kind of the reason why I like these private money lending deals in Birmingham or Atlanta or these secondary markets because at the very least you can just rent this out and if the market corrects you can just turn it into a rental and you can still hold on to the property you can probably cash flow on it whereas a lot of these high-end flips in Seattle pretty dangerous if you ask me I mean if there's a market correction which I mean I'm very bullish on Seattle because of the tech boom there but you still can't rent it out in cash flow I mean a lot of the rental value ratios there are like a quarter of a percent to half a percent you just it's just no bueno with that stuff i always look at the downside and on your end things do happen if the contractor does run away or if the market corrects like what's my downside and then you just have that in mind always thinking about what's the worst that can happen another option to this is a bunch of crowdfunding sites out there and if i've been toiling around with this a bunch of people in the hui have been trying to play around with this but you know, you're talking about another person in the middle making fees, and I just don't see the returns as high. If you're making like 10 and 11 percent as a direct private money lender, you're probably making like 9, 10 percent if you're going to a, a similar crowdfunding site. And you don't know the people. The good thing with these crowdfunding sites is that you're able to invest as little as, you know, a few hundred bucks or a few thousand dollars. So you can seemingly diversify. And if somebody does skip town and you guys have to do the deed and loo, a lot of time these crowdfunding sites will take the process over for on behalf of all the investors. So it's similar to like a class action lawsuit where they would go after. Of course, they're getting compensated for this and it's not free, but at least you're you're not the one who has to deal with the headache. It's going to take some time and you're going to do some paperwork, but you're not the, the lead person on this. And just as an overall discussion on this private money lending and where it falls in the whole wealth building strategies, you know, this is not a way to build substantial wealth. I mean, you're only getting low teens returns as great as it is getting at 1% a month. And if you know, you sock down a hundred grand, you know, you're going to be getting a thousand bucks every month, but you're not going to be building substantial wealth like you are with a lot of these equity deals. And again, go to Simple Passive Cashflow episode 54 where i talk about the difference between a debt deal and equity deal you're capped on your risk and that house flippers taking a lot of the risk on and they are taking on a lot of the upside too as a real estate investor or a direct investor who is investing in these projects directly private money lending deals in the low teens should be really your bronze level investments at that low 10 11 12 percent Again, there's like the silver level and then the gold level, which is more when you start moving up that risk reward curve from turnkey rentals or syndications. And I guess while I'm on the topic of rates of yield, you know, we're talking about 10 to 30 percent or usually the, the ranges. You know, every asset has its risk reward, their potential. And it just drives me crazy when these guys look at these PPMs from a lead and they're like, well, this is amazing, right? It's like 25% IR. Of course, that's all projected, right? You don't know what's baked into those numbers. You don't know what their assumptions are. Are they assuming that the rents are always going to be going up 3% every year? 
well, it has the last few years, but probably not going to happen in the future. So how does that affect the IRR at the end of the investment? And when I mean assumptions, I guess the analogy I, I like to use is, I don't know, just take a, a bad football team like uh, San Francisco 49ers at this moment. The assumption or what you see in the newspaper is that the 49ers will win. But what are the assumptions? The assumption is the running back will run for 300 yards and the quarterback will throw five touchdowns. And that's just an assumption. As we know, that's that's not going to happen probably. And therefore, your team, San Francisco 49ers, will lose. In a way, a lot of these marketing materials are kind of doing the same way. Same thing. You know, they're assuming that the, the rent property values are going to keep going up and up and up. And after a while, it's all based on the greatest fool theory, which is that there's another greater fool out there who will pay more or rent a property more than what it is now, which is not always the case. We just need to keep in mind that 2008 was a very long time ago, and supposedly anywhere from 8 to 12 years is the normal market cycle. So we're kind of due for one. So uh, keep buying with cash flows. As much as I mentioned earlier that these private money lending deals are a lot lower returns, it's a lot safer than going after an equity deal. And that's why the low returns is there. Usually there's this curve on the risk reward. And I talk a lot about the sharp index. But you know, when people just go out and seeking that high yield, you know, that's just not a very good way of building a good portfolio when you just start chasing the high numbers. It's a lot very similar to if you take the extreme case of a, a startup, you know, very high RRRs potentially. But I mean, how many startups do we see that don't go anywhere and you lose all your money? So private money lending is sort of on the opposite end of that spectrum. And in between, you've got all these different choices of different rates of return with different varying levels of risk. That's kind of my big soapbox speech on the whole IRR and rate of return discussion couple other random thoughts that I do when I do a private money lending deal. Again, I'm not a lawyer, but I make sure I get on the insurance as a named insurer and just make sure that I have the document reviewed by a attorney to make sure I'm on title on the property because I've heard of that nightmare story of the uh, flipper doesn't put you on title. When uh, things go wrong, you find out that that point, that's not the time to be finding out that you don't have your ducks in a row. Also, since a lot of these projects range from like 50 grand to even 250, 300 grand and above, and you may not have that full amount, uh, one thing I've done in the past is team up with a buddy or two, you know, go halvesies or one third, one third, one third, and then you combine to, uh, you know, be tenant in common with other people and split the returns and split the risk and diversify that way. So that's another idea, and that's uh, why um, I encourage everybody in the Hui group to uh, be networking with each other. So if you guys have any more questions, please shoot them over. My email is lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. Check out the new website, and also uh, let me know what deals you guys are looking for and uh, what your criteria is so I can help you find and uh, set you up with some good folks. All right, talk to you later, guys. Bye. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. 
Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.